every Thursday, I'll be your host of Give Grief the Finger. I'm Jay Lewis III. I interview everyday people that have chosen to transform and repurpose their grief. In essence, give grief the finger and at the same time, find a better version of themselves. Learn to take grief's negative energy and use it to your advantage. My guest is Michelle Collins, a motivational speaker, instructor, consultant, and author. Her latest book, Surviving Spouse or Partner Suicide Loss, A Mindful Guide for Your Journey, is available through Amazon. And her company, Inhabit Joy, focuses on wellness through yoga and Ayurvedic lifestyle training. Welcome to Give Grief the Finger, Michelle Collins. Uh, Michelle, can you do me a favor and uh, please just talk a little bit to the audience about your background, your journey, and the decisions that you to make some lifestyle changes and to teach this to others. Yes, thank you. I will uh, start. Basically, I have been involved in the health and wellness field for most of my life, starting as a an competitive gymnast when I was not even 10, you know, starting about six years old. And so I've always known health and well-being come from not just a healthy lifestyle, but also keeping spirit, all of it clean. And when I went through my different grief, my mom passed in 2007, and then I went through a divorce, I got remarried, and then my second husband died by suicide, I found myself really unhealthy. And I let so many of my health practices go, even though by that point I had studied yoga and yoga therapy, my certification in those things. Um, so after about a year of living a very unhealthy life, I was in a very bad place. And I landed in my trauma therapist's office. She helped me to realize that I was not taking care of any of myself. And there was to get through my grief journey and create any sort of a joyful, meaningful life if I was just in that dark place and polluting my body and not taking care of myself. And so that's when I kind of turned things around. I went to the Chopra Center, which is a place, it, it's not open anymore, but they do a lot of training. That's where I did my Ayurvedic training. And I learned really the combination of science, moderns and the ancient science of art, which in combination help us to understand that we are connected to nature, whether you think you are or not, <laughs> you know, even though we can stay up late at night and we have electricity to be able to see uh, nature, the closer we are to nature, the healthier we are. And so connected in that way um, really helps to root to health. And so I just, I once I learned about these things and I learned, I took a grief educator course so that I could more fully understand my process. I realized that I had the skills and the knowledge. Understand. And Definitely. so that's, that's okay. Well, let me ask you this. How does things like practicing Ayurvedic medicine, 
how do they help shift people's mind that better version of themselves? Great question. Um, I think that yoga is really, really good. So each physical pose, and there's more than, you know, a lot of people think of yoga as just, oh, I have to bend myself into a pretzel, but that's not it. It's, it's about getting <laughs> to know your body. Yeah. Getting to know the limits that your body can go to and then finding that comfort within the discomfort. The physical poses are uncomfortable for a reason. It's because you learn to trust your body by holding that pose, hold that difficult pose one more breath. Then yoga translates off the mat to you being able to stay calm in the face of difficult challenges like grief, like arguing with people, like getting cut off in traffic. And it, it's just endless the benefits you can get from a well-rounded yoga practice to leave. You know, let Thank me ask you. this. Um, how do you see the lifestyle change can actually bring about change in people's mental attitudes and their overall well-being? Oh my goodness, you are full of great questions today. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, again, back to the Ayurveda pull of connectedness with nature. I believe that when we are clean, when we are getting good sleep, when we are not putting toxins into our body, eating, you know, healthy food and not doing drugs or alcohol or anything like that, that you're able to really feel that connection more deeply and act more deeply to your intuition. And I believe your, your intuition helps you understand what your purpose is, helps you understand you're here and that you're important and that you, no matter what you're doing, if your calling is to do hair or to take out trash or to be a grief coach or to be a podcaster, whatever your calling is, you're able to find it when you're when you're taking care of your physical body, taking care of your mental body, emotions and your spirituality. And when you find that purpose, then everything is aligned within your purpose and and you're able to feeling a joyful life. You get more energy, you you know, you're just it's the reason you're here. It's funny because so many do not understand the universe has a certain thing about it. You have to be in alignment with the universe. Be very easy to get thrown out. And like I, like you just talked about. I mean, a lot of people rely on things, you know, drugs, alcohol, you know, illicit sex, whatever it is, to make themselves feel better. And they may feel better at the moment. The problem is that you creating a much bigger monster in the future. Mm -hmm. Future. Now, let me ask you this: It's why did some people to change, and their whole they'll say things like uh, Eastern medicine, Eastern philosophy, oh, poppycock. That's BS. You know why people are so resistant to looking at these alternative lifestyles this is years another great question uh i think i'm going to answer in two parts so first of all people are resisting in general because it's unknown there's there's 
always fear in any change, anything that you do differently, even if you know it's more healthy for you and that ultimately you'll be better off for it. People don't change because the known is known. It's comfortable. It's safe. Even, even if it's, you know, your rational part of your brain says, wow, you know, I, I really should sleep. I should go to bed earlier because staying up late is making me tired, but <laughs> you have this routine, right? And, and so you're safe in the routine. So I think that the main, you know, the distance to change is usually based in fear. I think that's the, the number one uh, answer I wanted to give you. And then also the resistance to Eastern medicine. And like you were saying it, these things have been proven for thousands and thousands of years before, you know, modern medicine is only a couple hundred years old. Right. It's a baby. And the pharmaceuticals created in a laboratory, you know, instead of from, you know, all the medicines before that were herbs and spices and plants that were grown, in, you know, in, in a, um, uh, nursery specifically for medicinal purposes and that's thousands and thousands of years but modern medicine i think has done a disservice by trying to be so strict with its rational thought that we've lost uh, and i'm not saying anything bad I mean, modern medicine is great the diagnostics are fantastic but i also think it was a little bit defensive and and trying to say hey we're my way or the highway right because when modern medicine was coming up it was really trying to replace everything and unfortunately because our society is so fear-based a an underlying marketing <laughs> marketing scheme if you can call it that that's not the right right word for it but an underlying uh thing that that happened which was anything that's not is crockery quackery and so i think i think that really did a disservice because people our age and our generation and the generation before us and maybe even one before that were all raised to think that any natural healing modality is just a wives tale you know is i think you use the word poppycock uh is is junk and not going to be helpful and that that is why people now in this generation are really resistant to the Eastern medicines that have been around for centuries and millennia because it's a conditioning factor. It's a market, you know, it's like we're all watching the anted news against. You know what? You answered that perfectly because you're absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you. We we what we see on say television or what we hear on the radio or what we what we see in the world it tells us that hey take a pill all right versus seeing mm -hmm. this very uncomfortable position design or no i take that back attitudes haven't been designed to understand that being uncomfortable is actually the better way to a better version of you. You know, so many people have been. Yes, I was just saying that this morning to a client, actually, that exact thing. I was saying, always comfortable, you're never going to grow. Right. You have to move out of your comfort row and build resilience and and just. But that's a whole different. Let me ask you this. Um, 
What do you feel about the combination of Western medicine and Eastern philosophy? Is it something that may be beneficial to people or to be one or the other? Oh, another great question. Um, it, I think it absolutely has to be both. I don't think it should be one or the other. I think your best chance, you know, you want to, you want as many tools and options to improve and maintain your health and well-being as possible. So why would you rule out one over the other? And I did speak earlier about how we we are sort of conditioned to to say, oh, that's that's just a quack that Eastern medicine stuff, but the. This is one of the things I love again about Ayurveda is that it it really demonstrates that we're it's all connected. The earth is our lungs. You know, every time we breathe out, where does that go, and how does it come back in fresh oxygen? Well, it's because we live around plants that are cleaning the air for us. Or now we've made air filters, but. Um, so I think that, you know, and again, like I said earlier, when you are in touch with your intuition, which is part of you, it's your spiritual part, you are more likely to have a fulfilling life because you're on a path, you, you have meaning and purpose. And, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with Viktor Frankl's work, um, Man's Search for Meaning, you know, he he's in a concentration camp where he has absolutely nothing, not even food, not even the medicine he needed to, to survive, watching people die every day. And he is realizing that it's meaning that's keeping him alive. Right. So if you can, you know, use that extreme example. So here we are, you know, <laughs> getting off work, watching TV, what, whatever, the, where's the meaning and the purpose in that? And, and if you're not living in your purpose, which you will get from combining both Eastern philosophy and Western medicine, the Western medicine to help you when you're way out of balance, get back in balance, you know, the diabetes, the heart disease, the high blood pressure, we have medicines for all that. And then the Eastern way is to just clean up your act and get back together with nature so that you're a healthy weight and then you don't need those blood pressure, diabetes or uh, heart disease medicines. You're not going to have high cholesterol, you know, certainly there's exceptions if you're eating a well-balanced that's in line with your nature. Right. But uh, to go back to an earlier question you asked about the resistance, it's hard to not go to McDonald's, you know, it's hard to find fresh fruits and vegetables and, and try to eat organic and non-toxic foods because they're just expensive and not as available. Let me, let me ask you this. What do we talked about, you know, people who really resist specifically lines up with that question, mm -hmm. but I do try to educate people as much as I can. And normally if I just, you know, cause in coaching, we, we always find out, you know, you do a lot of questions, uh, to find out where this person is, where, you know, what, what situation they're in, what they're trying to change, what they want to change. And I can almost always find something from my Ayurvedic training, from my yoga training that matches up with where they are and opens the door to these different ways you know let me ask you um before i wrap this up what's uh 
what's what's next for Michelle and inhabit joy? I mean, are you writing more books or are you expanding yoga practices? What are you doing? Well, that is a great question. And I am very excited. I don't uh, know the launch date yet, but I have a couple of programs where people can uh, learn about the, the, the tools and skills and experience that I have to helping people through difficult things. And it, there'll be six week programs that you can buy and do at your own pace. Uh, and so that's new. I have ongoing coaching clients and, you know, I, I do speaking and writing. I do not have a book in progress right now. Of course, I'm always thinking about my next book, but January, February, March, April, it's only been three less than three months since my two books came out in January. So I'm not talking about the next book yet because I'm still babies. I'm not quite ready. Um, and it's mostly. Uh, okay. Perfect. Well, let me ask, how can people actually reach out to you to be able to get this or to be able to find you? You know, maybe they want to practice you. How can they reach out? Well, I'm on all the social media platforms, but the best way is to go to inhabitjoy.com, which okay. is my website. I have an Amazon author page if you want to find all my books, uh, links to the programs although like i said they aren't out yet but they will be and yeah you can always email me from there set up a i i give free consultations so if some if you wanted to just learn a little bit about ayurveda or how it might be able to help you there's lots of resources on my website oh yeah i don't i don't worry about it well listen i want to first i wanted to just say thank you again M Michelle Collins, thank you for giving me the opportunity to have this conversation with you today. And the audience got a, a big dose of information from what you were able to discuss with them today. So again, I want to just say thank you. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for the work you do. You are really making a positive impact on our world and it is greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening to episode eight, Suicide's Effects on a Spouse, part two of the Give Grief the Finger series on spousal suicide. New episodes air every Thursday. Next week, I'll be speaking with Harvey Laguerre, host of the podcast, Men Are the Prize. Hear my show on your favorite podcast platforms. Go to my website, jl 3 motivation.com to read my latest blogs on grief and transformation leave me an email you can also book me for either in person or virtual speaking engagements remember grief is energy that you can transform and repurpose to discover a better version of yourself